Well, good morning and welcome to the 11 o'clock session. Yes, here we are. Now, I know you, you're totally going to love me for this, but is there any way we could just do that? Just like come, come in a little bit closer. I know you probably have your favorite seats. If you do, absolutely keep them. I don't want to like, oh, great. One of those guys. But it, it'll just, it'll, it'll feel a little cozier if we could get in a little closer. If you, if you don't want to, that's just fine. I s- still love you. I love you with the love of the Lord. I do. Are you having a great time so far? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you that your spirit is in us and with us. and You're, you're leading us by your spirit into all truth, God. Thank you. Music is such a beautiful gift that you've given to us. We thank you, God, that, that worship is our life. And it's everything we are, God. It's, it's everything we hope to be. And it's, it's everything that we give to you with our life. And so I pray in this time for each person that's, that's in this class and every other class and everything that happens throughout the rest of this conference, Holy Spirit, that as you begin to speak to us, as you begin to show us what the next steps are, or maybe just to keep doing the steps you've already given to us to do, Lord, that we'll just do them and trust you and know that you've got our back. And Father, that you started this journey for us and you're going to end this journey for us. And we're not alone, God. Sometimes we feel lonely. Sometimes things change in our life and we feel like we're alone. But God, we are not. You are with us. And then you bring others alongside of us to comfort us and, and we can comfort them. And so in this class, Father, we're, as we talk about excellence, thank you that you've shown us the picture of what that truly is. And let us honor you with the excellence of our life, God, and just give you the best gift of our life that we can. In Jesus' name, and everybody in this room said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, my name is Joe Nanowski, and uh, I am a longtime friend of Brother Daniel Amstutz. And I just want to say a huge thank you to him, because it was about 23, 24 years ago that he allowed me to come be a part of the worship team uh, at Grace Fellowship in Tulsa under Pastor Bobby Andy. And I'd come off the road. I'd been touring with the band for a couple years. I knew the Lord and uh, wasn't exactly walking it out right, but God used that season. How many of you have had a few seasons that God has used? <laughs> the grace of God is further than we can fall or run. And so, so I'd come off the road and I started helping uh, serve there at, at uh, Grace Fellowship. And for about I guess a year and a half, I was telling the folks yesterday, I would carry my keyboard and my little module and I would set it up and I'd, I'd help play secondary keys behind a wonderful pianist, Rhonda Rausch, uh, who su- was supporting Daniel at the time you know, on the keyboards. And one thing that struck me uh, when I first started there was the excellence level that, that I felt. Now, I don't want us to get bogged down with the thought of performance excellence. It's more of the concept of giving your best gift to God. I know there's a title. The title that they have for my message is really not the title of my message, so I, I may not get invited back. The, the title of my message is, is honestly really one of the only messages that I have. I'm not like, a, like a, a seasoned preacher guy, so keep praying for me the whole time, Kate. But, but the message God has put in my heart that comes out in almost every worship service that I'm in, it, it comes out in my life when I'm talking to people, is this thought that worship is the gift of my life. Write that down. Worship is the gift of my life. And so excellence, if you would, this beautiful room and the the air conditioning and the tiles on the floor and the food that they prepared for us and the songs that we've organized and this conference and all those things, those are examples of doing things to the best of our ability to honor God because every one of those things is worship. 
Every one of those things is worship. And one comforting thing about that to me is that what if you're not Israel Houghton? He's phenomenal. He can write everything he writes. I mean, every time a song comes out, I think Israel wrote that song. Now, I think he wrote Happy Birthday. Um, and, uh, but he's just so gifted. So you could look at that. You could think, oh, he's, he's so excellent and gifted. But as far as God's concerned, you're just as gifted and precious to him. And you're just as gifted and precious. And you're just as gifted and needed. And every one of us is needed. And so this picture of worshiping the gift of our life is very comforting. It's very encouraging, yet at the same time, we want to be excellent, but what's more important than that? Anointing. So God's anointing in our life, and God breathing in us and speaking to us is more important. So what you're not going to hear today is anything about uh, sharp nine, flat five chords, and you're not going to hear much about it, because that's not what this is about. What I want to talk to you about is worship being the gift of your life. Music is one really great part of our life. Music is one really great thing that you do, Dan, but it's just one. It's a great thing. It's a phenomenal gift. It's one of heaven's most beautiful gifts. As a matter of fact, I said it yesterday, and it's something that dropped into me. And again, I I hope I get invited back for sharing it like this, but here's how I see it. God, who is complete, the great I am, he gave us this gift called worship. He created music, and he gave it to us so that we could give it back to him. It's like the perfect father. I, I told a story when I was young, growing up in church. My dad, who was the hero of my life, who died in a plane crash after my freshman semester in college, uh, was the hero of my life. Just modeled integrity, modeled godliness, and just a good man. And Brother Jimmy Alexander down here, he, he knew my father. And just a stellar man. But we, we'd be in church, and my dad was such a giving heart. He grew up in the Depression, eight kids in his family, and didn't... Um, didn't have much to build upon other than just a simple faith in God. Grew up in a uh, Catholic home, and his mother was about to die, and so the little Methodist minister next door said, you know, I'd, I'd like to pray you know, for, for your mother. And, of course, the little Methodist minister next door basically had been threatened within an inch of his life by my grandfather. He said, if you tell me about Jesus one more time, I'm going to kill you. Because Grandpa Nick, my dad's dad, was just this big, burly, you know... He, before he got saved, and so, so he invites him over to pray, and, and he prays this prayer over, over my dad's mother, over my grandma, grandma Helen, and he said, God, I thank you. You always hear me when I pray. You see these children, they need a mother. You see this husband, he needs a father. I thank you that you always hear me when I pray, and I thank you for just healing her, and she was, they'd given her the last rites. She was supposed to die, and she lived for another 30 years. So... So my, my, my grandfather says, that's where, we're, that's where we're going to church now. So that's what signs and wonders and miracles are for. You know, excellence in that respect is, is to take it out of here and to try to live it out there and live it in front of people and bring them Jesus. And, uh, and it's just that simple prayer. So my, my grandfather comes, comes back from church and he sees his neighbor next door. And he's so thrilled because he's received Christ now. And so he, he goes, he hops the fence. And this neighbor thinks he's coming to kill him. He did because some of the last words he had before that prayer was like, you know, next time I see you, um, you know, whatever. And so he hops the fence and he goes, the guy almost runs into the house screaming, you know, thinking. And grandpa says, no, 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 no. And he hugs him and he cries and he says, thank you. So that's, that's my dad. 
my dad is a product of, of that life. So he didn't have much in the Depression. He had a little paper route. He went to the Henry Ford Trade School. He'd take the, the streetcar at 12 years old down to learn how to do the tool and die trade. And he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit just reading Acts 2 in his little Bible. Didn't have any teaching on it. Didn't, didn't know anything about it. Just happened. He got home and his mother explained to him, this is what happened, Joe. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Somehow grandma knew about it. Go grandma. Thank God for praying grandmothers. So we'd be in church. That's a long setup for my dad, what he did in church. But that's probably good that you heard that part because he's the hero of my life, really. So we'd be in church and he'd reach into his pocket and he'd pull out a dollar bill or a five dollar bill or whatever he had in there. And he'd give us an offering to give. I'm just a kid. I'm five, six, seven years old. I didn't have any money. And he would hand me an offering to give. He'd give me a gift so I could give. Oh, I felt so good. I wrote my little offering envelope out. You know, so I'd decide which one I was going to put it under. I think I'll do building fund today. One dollar, you know. You know, and it, was, it gave me such, this feeling of, such a feeling of worth because I was able to give. And I look back and I think that's really what worship is. God, God has given us music. He's given us worship. Really everything we have so that we can give it back to him and so that we can feel connected to him. Isn't that what a perfect father would do? He's not a needy God. I mean, he loves our worship. He inhabits our praises. He lives in the place of thanksgiving. That's what it talks about. God inhabits the praises of his people. We think, well, we start singing. God shows up. No, he he lives in a place where, where thankfulness is, or actually we get to experience him. We tune in. I mean, you know, if you could tune in, there's thousands of radio stations playing right now. We don't hear them. If you tuned into it, you could hear that. That's how God is. When we act in thankfulness and we speak thankfulness and we think thankfulness and we're grateful, and that's excellence. See, that's an act of excellence. Choosing the higher way. That's really what excellence is. Write that down. Excellence is choosing the higher way. Choosing the better way. And Jimmy and I get in a disagreement. Say we get in a disagreement. Choosing the higher way is saying, you know, even if I'm right in this situation, it's probably better to make peace with him and just say, you know, I'm just... Choosing the higher way is letting, letting him have the say. If he feels he's really right about this, it's better to not go there. Even if I could defend my point, it's better. Because how many of you know you could win the battle? You could win the battle for the moment, and then you could lose out on so much of the rest of what God wants to happen. It's better to take a momentary hit, a momentary loss, and say, God, okay, you're in control. You're going to work this out. Because how many of you know God always has your back? When you do as a matter of fact, you've got all of heaven behind you. You have all of heaven behind you. So, so worship is the gift of your life. Say, worship is the gift of my life. Um, one of the things when I think about gifts, how many, think of Christmas time. How many of you love Christmas time? Or birthdays? You know, we love to, to give gifts to each other. And that's what God has given to us. He's given us this gift of worship. So how does, how does excellence apply? How do we do that? Well, I think first we have to say, we want to be anointed and then excellence level. How many of you know that the Bible says that man looks on the... Yeah, man looks on the... Right. But God looks on the... In First Samuel, I think it is, where, where Samuel's starting to look at who's gonna, who's he's, who he's going to anoint to be king. And first guy he sees looks great and strong. And what's, what's Eliab? What's his nephew? Eliab, thank you. And he, he looks all great. And, and right in the middle of that little thing, as a matter of fact, let's look at that little scripture. First uh, Samuel 16, verse 7. And the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. He's not the guy. Um, not a bad guy, just not the guy for this. He says, the Lord does not look on the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, 
but the Lord looks on the heart. So if you pass that up, you could just say, see, God looks on the heart. That's what he cares about. That's what's most important. That's all that matters. But what if when, if, when you got here today, there was no air conditioning or no light? What if, I, what if this sound system was crackly and not working? What if these instruments were out of tune? Well, God looks on the heart, you know, so that's all that matters, man. That's all that matters, bro. It's, but, but excellence is what we look at. Now, could we meet out here in the beautiful Rocky Mountainside and have church? Sure, it'd be great. I mean, we don't need, we don't need all this, but how many of you appreciate the benefits of excellence? How many of you appreciate, how many appreciate when you get in your car and you turn it on that it, well, for the most part, it starts, and for the most part, it runs. You appreciate the excellence level. God put wisdom into some man and woman, and they put this car together, and you get to ride down the road. I'm telling you, in the morning when I'm driving to work, one of the first, the first 20 minutes of my drive is just, God, I mean, it's, it may sound strange. I'm like, God, thank you for whoever thought of this upholstery. Who thought to make this seat, this comfortable seat I'm sitting on. I'm out of guy, go through the list, and I just say, God, thank you. This is a cool shirt. I saw this shirt. I'm like, what? Who thought of that? What is that fabric? You know, it's just weird. Not everything I wear looks like this, but don't have to worry. It's, <laughs> I know musicians, whatever. But, uh, and so I just, you know, have a grateful and a thankful heart. But so man looks on the. So that's important, isn't it? You can say yes. Yes, that's important. It is important. And why is it important? Because usually when we meet each other, that's the first connection. So, I mean, if my hair, if I had hair, um, if, if my hair was all messed up and, you know, I had parsley on my teeth, I'm like, hey, what's up, brother Jimmy? How you doing? Man? He would love me because he has to, <laughs> you know. But it'd be a little easier for him to love me if I popped one of these Mentos in, which I need one, by the way. Because I had a big protein drink this morning. So it'd be a lot easier. And if I, if I took some care and I, you know, why is that important? It's important because that's kind of how we connect. And, and is it okay to say that God made us that way? Like, look at Linda and, and uh, look at your, Don, sorry. Look at your, look at, you weren't blonde before, but you're, you're beautiful blonde now. But look at them. They're, they're precious and they're beautiful. And they made them, they got up and fixed themselves up. And, and you, that's what we do. We prepare. So when it comes to our worship in the sanctuary, I'll tell you what, it's so important that we go to the detail of being excellent, practicing. So from a technical standpoint, what does that look like? From a technical standpoint, well, one of the things Linda would tell you is that, I, and what I'm learning now, is that I need, I need to warm up before I get to, I need to warm up spiritually. I need to get my, my, my spirit going. I need to get my vo- voice going. It's really arid up here. I'm drinking so much water that about every 20 minutes I'm going, excuse me, I need, where's the restroom? But I need to because for some reason my vocal cords, which by the way, your vocal cords are about this big, something like that. They're really little. They're little mucous membranes. I know that sounds weird, but they're about this big. And so you've got to get water in there. So for me, excellence is I've got to drink some water and I've got to warm up. And I've got to, as much as I'm getting in the word of God and as important as that is, I've got to do things to help me to be excellent so that when I stand and deliver, I'm not ashamed. I'm a workman that, that needs not to be ashamed. So I want to encourage you, what things maybe could you add? This is the practical side. What things could you add to what you're doing to increase your excellence? Maybe it's, it's, it's get out and walk 30 minutes a day so that you have a little more stamina so that, you know, an hour into the worship, you're not, you know, you just strengthen yourself physically. Well, it doesn't matter if you're young or in the middle or down the road. 
it just helps your physical body. As a matter of fact, they show that they, they found people, 60s, 70s, and 80s, who are like riddled with uh, arthritis and all kinds of medications, and they began them on a simple, simple light resistance training, changing their diet, adding a little activity, adding water, adding rest, and they literally got off their medications, got rid of their arthritis. Nobody laying hands on them and praying, as great as that is, but they did things to take care of the temple. That's excellence, right? Now, that's no condemnation because I'm telling you, it's, it's easy in our, how we do a lot of times with our ministry. It's 10 o'clock at night. We just finished great church. Hey, let's go to Danny's. You know, it's, it's tough. That's, fellowship is one of the great things we love to do. How many of you love to fellowship? And a lot of times, food's in the middle of all that, right? We love that. And, and so, you know, it's okay to do that. But you also, if you're going to do that, you do something else, you know, to counter it. That helps you to be excellent. And so here I am, I'll be 50 in January. And I mean, I realize there's areas in my playing that need to improve, things I need to learn. I sometimes forget some really hardcore voicings. And so I've got a guy that works with me and kind of gives me some lessons, not official lessons, but we'll sit down and they'll show me some different things. So I'm, I'm learning. I want to keep learning. I need to keep learning. I can't get satisfied. So that's excellence, is increasing your gift. Because really, what you give to God uh, with your life is really the greatest worship that you have. I could learn the greatest song and I could sing it. And you'd be like, Joe, it's beautiful. And God would receive that. But really, when I leave that place and it's not such a beautiful cocoon and I have to deal with the challenges of life and I have to choose to love and to forgive and walk in the fruit of the Spirit, isn't that really the greater worship? Yes. That's a greater worship. Thank you. That's a talk. If I had a talking congregation, I could preach this text. <laughs> Isn't that the greater, really, the greater worship? I mean, this is so great. I know this is a worship conference. But if you can take away anything of an encouragement, that God is looking for the excellence of your heart. That's why the enemy tries to steal your song. Daniel was talking about the enemy stealing your voice. He's really stealing your song. Really stealing the song because you are the song of God. Jimmy and Don. You know, you are the song that... Somewhere along the way, Linda, that, that God said, Linda, and you're the song of God. And as, and as soon as he spoke that word, the song of you has kept going. And that song will continue forever. Your body will stop being, and, but your, that song will continue on forever because the word of God will never pass away. He said, heaven and earth will change. Your body will change. My body's changed a little in 50 years. Can I get a witness? <laughs> but, heaven, but the word of God will never pass away. So when he said, Joe B. Joe, Joe is the song of God. And so that's what the enemy comes and tries to steal the song. My purpose, my destiny, tempting me and, you know, discouragement and all the different things that happen in life, losing my dad and my mom struggled for so long and she's about 74 and she's kind of coming to a little clearing and she mourned my dad for a long time. And I know we're not supposed to do that, but she just couldn't break out of it. She, you know, came through labor camps in, in, uh, in Nazi Germany and so her life was just, you know, it was, a, it was a tough life. And she broke through and sometimes, so, you know, all those things that happen in life, it's, it's not always easy to choose, you know. As a matter of fact, I happened to have the opportunity to go to the Holocaust Museum, uh, Yad Vashem, I think it's called, there in Israel. And about halfway through, there's this big map of Europe. And, and so I just, I, for some reason, it just kind of froze me and I looked at it and I, I saw these big, huge arrows that they had, three of them, and that was what Hitler had planned to do. It was like his three campaigns that he was planning on doing. 
attacks and so on and so forth. And so I just, for some reason, my eye was drawn a little further to the right where the Ukraine is, because that's where my mother and her family were from. And they're from a little area called Zaporozhye on the Dnieper River. And it's a main river that kind of runs down to the sea. And so I said, is there a chance that on this map, Zaporozhye would be there? So I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm fine, Zaporozhye. I'm like, look. No, they weren't from there, but they're from a little village just outside of there, you know. So I'm like, wow, look, it's so cool. And I'm like, come here, man, look, this is where my mom and her family were from. And then something came over me. I looked at this little village. And I... <laughs> I looked across the map, and I looked across Hitler's plans. I looked across the labor camps. I looked across this huge ocean. I looked across the United States and little Hamtramck, Michigan, where they wound up. And I, how did they get from here to here, God? They shouldn't have never made it. They should have died so many places along the way. They had to leave great-grandma in the barn to die. You know, she got too old to travel. Wow. How did they get from here to there? And, and, and mom's life is, like I said, it's been really challenged. And I thought, she had four kids. My dad was working 16 hours a day. Great man of God, my hero. She raised us with all her challenges, all her issues. Not glorifying them, I'm just saying, is this what it was? It was just tough. It was just tough. And she raised us, and I'm, I'm a pretty polite person. I'm pretty decent person. I made some mistakes, but I genuinely love people. I try to do right by people. And it was my mom that raised me, you know. It was that broken person that, that didn't have it all together that like, when, when she called for a number of years, I didn't want to answer the phone. And now I, God broke my heart for her and showed me that what was going on in there. And so excellence is, is loving when it's hard, you know. And I think she loved us when it was hard for her. She didn't give up. And so Excellence to me is loving when it's hard. And that's really what Christ does. Think of, think of your life, you know. Think of all the mistakes you made and how Jesus has loved you and God has loved you. Let you see this moment, let you see this time. And so I just, man, I just stood by this map and cried. And I thought, God, thank you. Help me to... God puts people in your path that are not convenient. And it may be just uh, maybe one person. And it's, I call it my barometer for where I really am with God. You know, I can stand up and lead and worship. And somebody asked me one time, they said, you know, how do you get up and lead worship when you, when you know you've you know, fallen or if you've sinned, you know, kind of a thing? That's a great question. We're sitting at my kitchen table and I looked out, my children weren't playing outside. They're like 22 and 20 now. And I looked out the kitchen table, out the window and I said, you know, on their worst day, I would never not feed them. On their worst day, I would never not clothe them. I would never not let them be in this house on their worst day. And so I said, you know, when I stand before the people to lead worship, I, I, never, I, I never get up there without clearing my thing before God. I'm, I'm always, I mean, I'm never coming up here to lead without having a heart of compassion or trying to, you know, get my thing right. But I said, you know what, if, if, if I can do this for my kids, if I cover them on their worst day and my heart is broken for them no matter what they do, how much more? So it doesn't matter what you've done in your life. It doesn't matter what someone else has done to you or that person God's put in your life that may not be so convenient. It matters that we choose to love and to choose to forgive ourselves. So I've got to forgive me. I have to say I have to forgive me. 
I have to forgive myself. And then you have to forgive others. And so that's, that's excellence, choosing to love when it's hard. And, um, and there's a certain fruit that comes from that that, that doesn't exist any other way. When I think back over my life, I th- sometimes uh, I used to, um, when I was especially in my teens before my dad passed, I used to wish that things were different in my home. And, um, and, uh, but God showed me at some point that I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't walked through that. Now, what's God's best? God's best is that Adam and Eve never fell, right? <laughs> but that didn't happen. They, they, they did, and we have, and right, so... So we get all that. So the bottom line is that God forgives us. We must forgive ourselves, forgive others, and choose to love when, when it's tough. And I would not be, and you would not be who you are. You would not be the precious person you are. You would not be the precious person you are. You would not be the gifted person you are without the fire of your life. God uses the fire to those hard people, those hard moments, uh, to create in us a treasure, really. And so I want to encourage you, you know, whether God calls you to stand on a platform before people, uh, or stand before the world, I would have never imagined that nine years ago that I would have gone to work for a ministry and I stand before the world and sing. And um, I really am more of a, a, a kumbaya guy, a blender guy. But uh, God just seems to keep putting me out. It's like, okay, you, you made the call. But he's put me before the world. It doesn't matter because you're always before the face of God. You're always before the face of God. And someday when you stand before him, when I stand before him, I won't be able to say, you know, but I lost my dad and my mom. And I can't do that. I'll have to stand before him naked. <laughs> Don't get a visual. <laughs> um, I have to stand. Great. Thank you, Joe. Broke the flow. Well done. Well done. I won't, have any, I won't have any excuses. It'll be me and God, and, and he won't say, well, you're born in a little town, or you're born in a big town. Or, you know, none, none. You know? And, and what's comforting about that is that we're all on the same playing field before God. If he gives you all this wood to build your platform to be excellent with, then this is what the, the wood you need to do it with. If you get a little bit of balsa wood, and, and you get to make a little something, and that's your... You know, it's a cubicle at work. It's your neighbor next door. It's a, you know, whoever it is that you're on the stage before that God has put you before. That's all that matters to him. Now, in time, if he needs you to be in another place, he'll put you there. But there's no pressure. You don't have to be something you're not. And you can then celebrate those that, that if somebody is up there, like, man, that inspires me. That so inspires me. Take inspiration from that. And then learn. If you see great people with challenges, if you see great people fall, one thing the Lord always has put in my heart is if you see it, like say an issue in a leader or somebody that you're serving under, do you see an issue? You see it so that you can pray for it. You see it so you can cover it. If God lets you see it, and it may be obvious, like they just maybe have a, a temper or something, like doesn't take you know a great gift to see that. But say you see some subtle things, like mm, I don't see some, some genuine issues there. I'm not sure, you know, it doesn't feel like the right spirit. Well, if you see it, you cover it. Pray for them. They need you to cover them. They need you. There's something, something in there is broken. You know, something, if somebody's very prideful or whatever, something in there is broken. And there's a reason they've compensated and are acting, you know, prideful. It's not okay. I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm just saying, and that's excellence because it's loving when it's hard. It's easy to go, that is off. That is not of God. <laughs> My wife and a, and a friend were at this, uh, it was a benefit 
And uh, this guy's one of, literally one of the best singers in the world. He's kind of an unknown guy, but very artistic guy. Big, tall, huge guy. And they're at this event, and, and there was a benefit. And it, it was very disorganized. And there were a lot of different events, like a singer here and some, uh, you know, uh, acrobats here. It was all these different people doing these talents and stuff. And it was a big benefit event, but it was not very well organized. And at some point, uh, an ensemble got up to sing, and it was really, really not so good. And he turns to my wife, and he said, that is not of God. And, and she was like, what? It, it, well, it, 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 but I have to tell you, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. They weren't ministering. They were just an acapella group singing. It wasn't a, a Christian event, per se. But, you know, uh, so, anyway, some things are always not of God. But our, okay, back to our, our point. Uh, our excellence level, choosing to love when it's hard, um, is really the godly way. And so, I want to share with you another little thought here. The word worship, I love this. There's a word called proskuneo. It's a big Greek word. It's my, one of my few Greek words. Proskuneo. P-R-O-S-K-U-N-E-O. P-R-O-S-K-N-S-K-U-N-E-O. It means to kiss the hand. Like if I extended my, you know, if I met my wife for the first time, my precious wife, Sheila, and uh, she extended her hand and I kissed her hand. That is the picture of one of the words for worship. And the picture is, I give you the pretty picture of kissing my wife's hand, but the actual picture is like a dog licking a man's hand, or like his master's hand. Now, I have a little dog, Rusty. I, I wonder if you can get a camera on this. Actually, you'll get to see my whole family. This will be great. Thank you, Lord. This will be fun. Okay. Camera, I don't know if you can catch this. See this? Okay. This is Joseph. He'll be... Uh, 21 in December. This is Brooks. She'll be 22 in August. Uh, I don't know who that guy is. This is uh, Sheila, my wife. She's a little older than me. I married an older woman. Didn't she look young? Though? And then this is Rusty. See, that's Rusty down there. Can you see Rusty? I had to. <laughs> I think I can tell you guys this because your family. I had to actually crop the picture down a little because Sheila was holding Rusty up, and I, I kept looking at the picture. I was like, okay, I'm going to crop this picture because. <laughs> Rusty doesn't wear clothes, by the way. Anyway, so, anyway, uh, thank you for the extra visual. That's two. That's two. Yeah. Joe will not be invited back next year. So, so anyway, so I'm telling you, Rusty, uh, I've got so many names for him. His name is Rusty. My, my children, they, when they were about 10 years ago, saw him in a little pet store, and my wife had mourned our first little dachshund who passed. By the way, my precious host... They have three dachshunds, so thank you very much for making me feel at home. So my kids found this little dog until he's, he became like our fourth child. So Rusty's our fourth child. Rusty's got so many names. His name is Rusty, but I call him like, you know, Russell Crow, Rustafari, and all these different things. Rustylicious. And he's got like a million different names I call him. I rarely call him Rusty. How many of you have nicknames for things you love? For people, <laughs> pets, places? Okay. Rusty, I know this may sound weird to you, but if, if, if I let him, he would lick my face, head, head. He, for like an, he, forever. He would never stop. I would disintegrate. I would just be gone because he would never stop. He would just, he's, he, he's such a loving little dog. He's such a precious little, uh, little guy. But what's really cute is, I, I don't know what dogs have. They've got this sense. As a matter of fact, they say that when you're petting a dog, 
connecting with the dog. They say it's the most human-like interaction. No other animal, no, nothing else on the planet. It's like you and I hanging out, the, the friendship, the, the camaraderie with a little dog. That's, they give you that. They lower your heart rate. They relax you. So, But if I'm turning the corner into my neighborhood, invariably it's like you can see the little blinds go. It's like, how does he know I'm coming home? And when I get in the door... He's like, Arr! it's like he's never seen you. It's the first time I've seen you. You're awesome. You're the best master I've ever. And he just loves me unconditionally. Just loves me. Trying to lick me. Trying to get whatever. And I, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. And he's like, okay, he's all good. And then he immediately gets a toy that's usually, you know, twice as big as he is. And he, let's play, you know. But he, that's this picture right here. Proscuneo. The picture of worship. Proscuneo. And so... Our attitude toward God is like, I, I just want, I want, to, I want to be with you. But how do we be with him? We be with each other. That's not, that's not like a street talk. We be with each other. No. How do we love God? How, you know, private time with him is great. You know, that's, that's critical. It's vital. But think of it. He, he, when he made the earth, he said to Adam and Eve, fill it up. Right? He didn't say, just stay over here in this little closet. So you could, he said, fill it up. I made this for you. Go explore it. And then when it was filled with all these people, he said, go love them. Don't, you know, don't stop being together in the New Testament. It says, don't forsake being together. And we got to have the private time to hear God, to know, and get vision and correction and all those things. But after that, we got to be together. Got to connect. Got to be together. That's part of our worship, you know? So I love the picture of that. The dog licking the man's hand, licking the master's hand. Let us go after God that way. Let us go after him with all our heart and soul. And love him by loving each other. By loving one another and being with each other. How many of you have had this experience? I'm a pretty social guy, but I'm actually kind of, I enjoy, I'm cool just being by myself. I'm cool, it's kind of, you know, peaceful, restful. Not like I'm a loner, but I, I kind of like, I'm okay. I'll, I'll figure out stuff to do and new place. I'm okay to be in a new town. What's that over there? I'll, I'll drive around, find new streets. What's that? Oh, cool. I'm okay with that. Have you had the experience of like this where, hey, oh yeah, there's, um, oh yeah, Tracy called, there's a party, you know, uh, tonight, like it's Friday, it's Thursday night, I'd say, Friday night, hey, you want to, oh, I'm kind of tired, I'm not, I mean, I love them and everything, I'm not sure if I want to go, have you ever had the experience where you've been invited to something, it's an event, and it's maybe, you kind of had a full day and stuff, and you're not sure if you want to go, you know, anyone ever feel, okay, um, and then you go, and you have a great time, and you're, so, when you get, you're like, man, I'm so glad I went, about two years ago, in, in our, uh, the campus that I serve at in, uh, for Covenant Church, I'm a worship director. I've been at this church about 20 years, was the full-time worship director there for about seven years, and then helped plant a church and stepped away from that, and then God connected me to Daystar and then back to Covenant Church. So just God's just awesome how he does stuff. And um, so, um, oop, just forgot. Rabbit trail too far. Two weeks ago. Social work. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Didn't want to go, but I got there. Oh, it was so good. What's that? I had a good time. It left. It's gone. Hallelujah, anyhow. No, no, Jimmy, this happens regularly. No. No. Well, okay. If you want me to have it back, I'll get, I'll get it back. 
Hmm. I do not know where to go after that one. Well, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And push yourself, you know, to step out from your comfort zone and to go do something that you don't necessarily want to do. There's a benefit. Lord, what is that? Did you have anything else or was that me? All right. Well, I'll just, I'll keep moving on. Is that okay? I'll just move on. If it comes back to me, then I'll go with it. Um, so I told you about the word proskuneo in the Greek means to kiss the hand toward. Um, go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. This will kind of sort of bring us in for a landing. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. If somebody has that, they're welcome to. Jimmy, if you get it, and you can, you're welcome to. Is this mic on? I'll bring it down. This is an awesome brother in ministry right here, Brother Jimmy Alexander. You just one and two, verse one and two. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Would you read it again? Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has also loved us. And has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. It was not convenient for Jesus to die on the cross. Uh, He put himself in a very precarious place. He actually laid down everything that was precious and everything that he didn't have to lay down. That is the picture of excellence that I want you to come away with. It's just a total sacrifice of your life. You know, putting yourself in an inconvenient position, loving when it's difficult, uh, and, and basically laying down your life. That is what real worship is. Uh, worship is being willing to be wrong, like I said in, a, in an argument. Being willing to, to take the high road and say, you know, you're right, I'll just let that go. That's worship. That's excellence. It's choosing a more excellent way. And so we can translate that into our services. We want to practice. We want to do well. We want to all those things. But the most important thing is that we have excellence of our heart. That's the most important thing. I'll give you another scripture. How many of you ever heard of the scripture John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that he, he gave. So that's the more excellent way. So practically speaking, in the worship team, you, how can I give? That's the, how can I give? How can I give? So we talked about taking care of yourself physically and preparing and, and studying and maybe vocal lessons or maybe keyboard lessons or maybe songwriting lessons or getting with somebody to learn. There's a more excellent way of preparing myself. Do that, right? But it's, it's really as, as much that. But in the group and ensemble, how can I give in this ensemble? Well, musically speaking, how I can give is, if somebody else is a really strong lead singer, how can I back them up? How can I help them? As a keyboard player, if there's another guy who's just like, there's just a stellar instrumentalist, well, let them shine and I back them up. That's how I give. That's how I can be excellent. So excellent is not your performance. How many of you know there's always somebody that can run higher or jump higher, run faster, look more beautiful, look younger, look old, be more mature, not as much, you know, there's always going to be somebody like that. So as far as God's concerned, that's not what's important. Your performance is not the key. 
although you prepare you to be excellent, right? You want to do a great job. Again, back to the thing of man looks on the outside and they hear from the outside. If somebody walks into your church and you prepared, you may not have a Israel Houghton in your band, but you prepared and you've done the best that you could and there's order and you prayed it through and thought it through and God's given you some songs that are pertinent to the message and it fits and it flows. It doesn't have to be New Life Church. It can be. That's awesome. But it can be, it can be anywhere. It can be in a small gathering. But if there's excellence of the heart that is then translated into excellence and preparation, then that gift is excellent, right? And how many of you know, if God's behind it, you're good to go. It didn't take this beautiful catering company to feed the 5,000 we read about in the scripture, right? All it took was a, a, a little preparation and the excellence of a little guy going, I got something. I, my mom got up early and made my little stuff and this is what I got. I can use that right there. You know? I mean, thank God for the catering company. We need that in church. We need somebody that can do that. But God needs all of us. So God gave, and so that's our picture of excellence. Um, Romans 12. Romans 12. I love this. It talks about being transformed and changed by the renewing of our mind. How many of you know that how we think about ourselves and about others is totally how we are going to come... Uh, perform, if you would. And I'm okay to say perform because when you do something, you're performing. You know, right now I'm performing, you're performing. You're performing an act of listening and, and you're performing, you're doing something. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, it's, not, it's not bad to, to, to say we're performing because we're doing it for God. We're doing it for him to honor him as we do it to serve each other, which we talked about a minute ago. That's the greatest form of love that we can do. When we do it with a right heart and a right attitude, then God's excellence level comes through. So Romans 12, what I love is it says to present your body a living sacrifice. We talked about that. It's, he says that's kind of like a good starting point. Reasonable service. That's a good starting point. Then he says, be changed by changing your mind. How you think is going to be how you speak. And how you speak is what's going to create life. And we talked about you're the song of God that God spoke into being. How you think is going to be how you speak. And what you speak is what's going to happen in your life. Because out of the abundance of your heart, you say, you, you, you create. You could say it like this, out of the abundance of your heart, you create. Linda shared her testimony. Oh, my gosh, that was so wonderful. The healing testimony. If you were not in the healing school yesterday, I'll buy it for you if you have to buy it. The, her, this, her testimony that she shared of God healing her from cancer and how he did it, and it was through the word of God and her declaring the word of God. I, I mean, it was so awesome. And, Linda, while you were talking, I thought, boy, I wanted to tell you this. I'm sure you know this. You get this. But if we can go deep for a second on the physics side of things. If we are, if God created us from his spoken word, then sound created us. As much as him taking dust, no, sound created us. We talk about the sound of heaven. We are, you are a sound. You are a living sound. As a matter of fact, in some way, shape, or form, if you could, this has a frequency. This stage has a frequency. This has a frequency. This And every one of them are different. I mean, there's some that are common, but... All these different frequencies. You are a sound. You are a living, breathing sound. That's why words are so powerful. That's why words create life and death. Why does he say that? Think about it. You know, if I said, Linda, you look great today. Oh, my, that blesses her heart. Jimmy, I told him, man, that's a great shirt. That probably blessed him. I wasn't trying to bless him. I just love the color of his shirt. That's great. Words create life. If I said, man, you, you sound flat, man. Turn down. 
I mean, I maybe needed to let them know, but maybe I need to let them know a little differently, you know? Words create life, and they, and they stick with us. Why? Why do they stick with us? Well, God invented this whole thing because words are what we are. We are sound, you know? I mean, I'm not Mr. Ethereal, man, but life is created because of the words that were spoken. So when Linda began to speak the scriptures and get up at, was it four in the morning, to battle her, the cancer that had come into her body, and she began to speak the word of God and speak the word of God, speak life, and, and not be listening to other things. What happened, Linda? And I'm sure you know this. Your body heard you. As a matter of fact, you go down to the smallest part of you that they can't even see without an electron microscope. And if I said, have a great day, they, they act happy. And if I say, man, your breath stinks, they, they wilt. They, our body responds to words at the smallest little level of you. That's why, it's, that's why we have to guard our words, you know? That's being excellent. We have to guard how we say, you know? Hi, Stretchy. It's like, ah, I hope he's done soon. I'm almost done. I'm kidding. No. But yeah, we, we guard him. You know, that was a joke, by the way. I mean, she's, she's good. She's smiling at me. But our, everything responds. The smallest little cell of us responds to that. So when you spoke the word of God, little by little by little, the smallest little part of you, which is where the illnesses start anyway, they start at the smallest part of us. That's why the Bible talks about it's the little that spoil the, it's the little things. It's little, it's just a little thing. Man, I didn't like the way she looked at me. You know, he didn't, he didn't say hi to me. And pastor didn't say hi to me today. I mean, that's whatever. Been on the worship team for two years. Man. <laughs> Think he noticed me, you know. I am the triangle player. <laughs> you know. We want, we want to be appreciated, you know, we want to be, but, you know, words carry power, and they speak to the smallest little part of us, you know. So I guess on an excellence level, takeaway there is, you know, how we think is how we speak, and so put good thoughts in there. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 is, I call it my blueprint for just about everything, my little go-to formula, Philippians 4, 6 through 8. It says, don't be anxious or overly concerned about ever, anything. So it's excellence level there is just, I'm not going to let something overtake me worry-wise. Now, I know real problems happen. Daddy dying in a plane crash, mom going through it. Real things happen. But God says, don't, don't let it overly tax you. Get some camaraderie. Get some help. Get some friends to stand with you. You get an inner circle. Linda had an inner circle of those praying with her, standing with her. Get some people to stand with you. Bear your burden. Cry on their shoulder. It's okay. Don't let grief overtake you, but get it out. You know, that's, that's okay. You know, spirit of grief will try to set itself on you. Don't take that. But, you know, there's a season sometimes. We're human. God made us this way. He made us to feel. If he, if he wanted us to be like this, he would have made us like that. If he didn't. He made us to feel. So when you lose something, you feel it. Brother Jimmy's wife's gone to be with the Lord not too long ago. A few months. Two months. You feel that. If you don't, something's wrong with you. But... You don't have to be overly anxious. He's giving it to God. He's saying, Lord, just, you know, be what she was. Be what, be, be God in me. It says, don't be anxious about everything, but in everything. With prayer, supplication, with what? Thanksgiving. So we're coming back to that whole thanks thing. 
You know, we're coming back to that place where God lives. God lives in the place where we're grateful. I'm grateful. This wasn't good, God, but you're going to teach me through it. So I'm thankful, you know. So prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known. Well, you know, I already pray. Well, he's okay. He's okay with you bringing it to him again. Daddy, God, Abba, Father, I just just need to tell you, I'm hurting today, you know. Or I'm, I'm doing great today, God. You know, I woke up this morning, you know, whatever, you know, yesterday morning, 10 minutes before the alarm. Thank you. Whatever the day is, you know, just go to God with it, you know. Maybe you're not in need of prayer, but somebody else's. Take up someone else's burden, you know. So prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. That's a more excellent way. You're standing in the need for others, you know. And he says, and the peace of God. Peace is in the absence of stress or strife. Peace in the absence of issues or arguments. Or I worked on a project with a, a dear friend um, some time back. <laughs> and for a year, we fought. We fought and argued. I know it doesn't sound, that's not me. I don't, I don't, I mean, my wife and I have been married about 28 years. And we, thank God, I mean, we've had a few little arguments. But generally, she's so mild-mannered. She's from West Virginia. Just be from West Virginia and you're fine, you know. But she's... But she's so, she's so present. But anyway, we, we, you know, it was like iron sharpening iron for a year. But you know what? That's okay. I was still God. You know, I was still God. So the peace of God will guard your heart. Peace isn't the absence of, of conflict. Then he says, actually, well, the, the word there is garrison. He'll build a fort, a garrison around your heart. So that what needs to come in can come in. Somebody's guarding the gate. You want things coming in. You don't want to be shut off. But things that don't need to come in can't come in either. You're protected. That's what the peace of God is. That's when you're trusting God. That's the more excellent way. And so then it goes on to say, if something's good, if it's lovely, if it's pure, if it's full of praise, what does he say to do? Think. Think on these things. Why is that so important? How you think is how you are. As a man or woman thinks, so are you. That's the more excellent way. So I've got no time left, but this is my last little bit to give you. A little acronym. I always do this when pastors are preaching messages. Whatever their topic is, love, grace, whatever. I always write that word down, and I'll be trying to write an acronym. Like, like how many, or little sentences. So, okay. Write worship, W-O-R-S-H-I-P, and I'll give you these real quick, and I'll be done. So y'all ready to go eat some lunch? That's a more excellent way in a few minutes, right? Joe, the more excellent way is you be done so we could go get our snacks. Okay, the, the W in worship is willing. Be willing to do what God asks of you. Okay? This is the more excellent way we're talking about worship being the gift of your life. Willing. Willing to do what God asks of you. The O, of course, you can make your own acronym or little acrostic, I guess that's what they're called to. Um, open. Open your heart to God so you can fill it. Come in like a child. That's what he said, you know, to the disciples. Except you come like a child. So I said, well, I'm, you know, I've been around. I've seen a few things. Well, you still have to be a child. doesn't matter how much you've learned. We still want to be open. And I commend you because that's why you're here. You're still learning. You're still growing. The R is remember God's goodness. And another time I come, I'll, I'll tell you, I shared with you a little bit, but remember the Bible talks about forgetting those things that are behind, but you don't forget everything. What you need to remember is the goodness of God. And I call it the tapestry of your life, you know. You look back and you didn't know what that dark thread was for. You didn't understand that moment, but God used that to contrast the, the beautiful bright color in that tapestry. And I call them undeniable evidences of God. 
my family, my mother's family coming from Europe through the war and all that, I, that's an undeniable evidence of God. My dad praying for a man in the shop that he worked at who epileptic fell and cracked his head and, and the nurse pronounced him dead 15 minutes later and 15 more minutes after that the emergency came and, he's dead, and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and my dad stood over him and commanded life to come back in and he came back from the dead. So that's the tapestry. That's some, that's some, they used to call them tribal stories where they would pass down history to the, the children and the children They'd sit around the fire and this is what your great-grandfather, you know, big rock boulder grandpa did. And, you know, they'd pass us through tribal stories. Well, these are our tribal stories, the stories of our faith. So remember the goodness of God. Forget not all his benefits, once the scripture says. The S in worship is spontaneous. Be spontaneous in your response to God. When he says, go bless this person, Make that call, make this amend, say you're sorry, give that gift, whatever it is. Just be quick, because remember, worship's not the song, it's the song of your life. Say, it's the song of my life. Song of my life, that's what worship is. The H in worship is honest. You know, God knows what's going on with you, so be honest with him. And, and find someone else you can be honest with, because that'll help you be more excellent. The enemy will try to keep you bound by some funky little thing, attitude, sin, or whatever. So be honest. God knows. So get somebody you can be honest with and you can be transparent with. So the H, or that's H, I is intimate. Be willing to be intimate with God and with someone else. That really ties into the last one, to be open. To op- be open. And the P is be passionate in your creativity. Man, don't, man, let it, just open up your heart to whatever God brings. And you say, well, I'm not, I don't know if I'm that creative of a person. Well, you know, that's okay. Let the, let the real creative, you find your way to create, find your way to serve. Maybe your best song is making cookies to cheer up a friend. Maybe your best song is helping mow your neighbor's yard. Maybe your best passion is writing a little poem and giving it to your precious little somebody at church. You know, what is your song? What is your, what is your thing you love to do and you, you are? Maybe you're not the greatest lead singer. That doesn't matter to God. If you are, be that. What matters to him is that you just be you and you just bring the best you that you can to the world that he puts you in front of. That's excellence. That's what excellence is. That will then translate, if you're supposed to be up here, that'll translate and people will get that. They'll say, man, that bass riff. Woo, Daniel, man, how do you keep singing notes? You're 60, which is really young. And uh, the closer I get to it, I was like, man, you are young, bro. You are very young. Anyway, let me, pr- let me pray for you and thank you for, for your time and your attention. Father, I thank you for this precious group of people. And Lord, we just are so grateful that you've showed us a more excellent way. You've showed us excellence, God, by your grace, your love, everything we've heard here. And I pray for these precious people as they walk out their destiny, God, that they they choose to love when it's difficult. And they remember, God, that worship is the gift of their life and that they are the song that you spoke into being and that they're precious to you. Everyone is precious and significant. You need us all doing what we're doing to make this beautiful harmony and symphony, God. That's unity. And so I cover them, I bless them, I pray, God, wherever the enemy has come against them, I thank you, Father, that the word inside of them is going to drive out that enemy. I ask you, Malachi, you said you would rebuke the devourer for their sake. And I ask you, God, to rebuke the devourer, stop, that means stop, get back, that's enough, Lord, in their life, and let them find freedom in you, find freedom in being who they are in you, God, and just live the worship, be the worship, be the song, in Jesus' precious name. Everybody said, all right, thank you. Love you all, thank you.